Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Woody Off the Cuff. I'm glad to be back in the studio recording after a week or so off, and really excited to bring you something new today. But first, announcement, this is an announcement I'm going to start making pretty regularly, is that I have created something so cool, and I'm so excited to share it with you. It's a coaching program for the new year, so I'm recording this on November 16th, but come January 1st, there will be the cheapest, coolest, most hands-on, me-working-with-you coaching program for New Year's resolutions, and it will blow you away, and it's going to be so affordable and fun and invigorating, and so I just want to let you know that if you have not signed up for my newsletter which I link in every podcast description. I link the free resources webpage and the newsletter. If you sign up for the free resources, you get on my email newsletter. So if you're not on the email newsletter by signing up for the free mental health resources, please go do that if you're interested in the coaching offer. And the reason is sort of inspired by the Taylor Swift ticket debacle slash fan presale of recent days. Um, I'm going to do a pre-release for the fans four days before everybody else. So if you're on my email list, you're going to get access to this coaching on December 28th so that you can sign up for four days before I release it to the public. Because since it's one-on-one coaching, I can only do so much, right? So if I run out, at least it'll go to the real fans. So you heard it here first that new coaching is coming. It's going to be super affordable. It's going to be super fun and it'll help you start your new year off right, but If you want to make sure you have access, get on the email list by signing up for the free resources below. All right, there's the announcement. So let's just calm down and take a breath and talk a little bit for today. One of the things I am realizing in my life, and one of the reasons I named this podcast Woody Off the Cuff and not like the Mental Health Podcast or the Help I'm Overwhelmed Podcast or something like that, is because... I'm learning the most just from seeing other people live their lives and taking the best inspiration I can from them. The more I go on in life, the less I value intellectual education and the more I value direct cultural and personal experience. Because in my personal life, information only does so much. Education of intellect only does so much. But learning to think like a human and feel human and be connected to other humans has changed my life drastically. So I'm saying all this and telling you why I named my podcast, because today I'm going to try to just tell you what's happening with me without intellectualizing it. I'm just going to, I do have a common theme, but I'm just going to kind of tell you some things that have happened to me, and hope you can take inspiration from them. And if you can't, no big deal. But I really want to differentiate this podcast from the average life coaching or self-help podcast by giving less advice and doing more human, creative, emotional, personal experience. And I'll let you draw the lessons from it. You know, I know I generally am pretty, uh, what's the word? That's so funny that I can't think of the word, but I'm pretty (laughs) well-spoken. I guess, and I can come off very polished, but I want you to know that today I'm just coming to you a little bit hoarse, a little bit tired, but really inspired. Oh, that rhymed. See how polished I am? And so I'm going to just talk to you about that. So this story for today kind of starts about a week and a half ago 
when I realized I was getting really envious of other successful people and really egotistical about it. Um, I've been working so hard on humility and trying not to think too much of myself, but also not to think too little of myself and just think of myself as an average person and a human being. But a few things just, you know, especially social media, like I've talked about this before, but I have deep insecurity on social media. Every single person who's successful, I think, oh God, they're so much better than me. I'll never achieve anything. And that's funny because other people probably think the same thing about me. And like, it's just this circle. And yet I love how it connects us and how we can talk on social media. So I want to get over my insecurity instead of just having to live in a dark hole my whole life. So I was thinking, huh, I had this really triggering moment where I was like, wow, I am insecure, like AF, like what is going on? And so I did some digging and I found out some of the sources of my insecurity and found the emotions. And I, you know, last Friday I talked to a close mentor of mine who gave me some meditations to do and they just gave me some really nice stuff. And I talked to my trauma therapist and they gave me really good therapy for an hour and I felt all my feelings. But the truth is, at the end of all that, of talking about it, of doing emotional processing, of doing everything I could, I still felt like exhausted. And I honestly was thinking some of the darkest thoughts that I had thought in probably, you know, six months to nine months. And what's really interesting, and I hope this just shed some light on how mental health works, is intellectually, I think pretty highly of myself. And I think that I'm totally a person who deserves kindness and happiness and love. And I think I'm doing a pretty good job in life. I think all those things, but that doesn't stop me from when I get really emotionally triggered to having intrusive thoughts of like self-harm or something really jarring, you know, like not necessarily suicidal, but just intense intrusive negative thoughts or the thought like I hate myself or something like that. And so I've noticed multiple times in my life that even when I'm in a happy, well-regulated and good place and intellectually think highly of myself, emotionally I can be so jarred that intrusive thoughts come in and stuff comes in. And so I hope that just shows you that mental health is not just a cognitive exercise that we do on paper. It is all the interconnectedness of our brain, and so much of it is physical, and so much of it is so dynamic. So I've learned that I just can't think my way out of it. And then I did my feeling therapy, and I couldn't just feel my way out of it. And then I did a meditation, and I couldn't meditate my way out of it. And so here I was on Friday night, Preetha is off in, uh, in Arizona, because she's at a friend's event. And I am home alone, just kind of on the couch, sad, and like, wow, I'm having these dark, intrusive thoughts, and I've tried everything. And so I just did a different way of thinking, and I just like kind of laid on the couch and thought, I will take help. Universe, please send me some help. Whatever you can do, I'll take it. Um, please hold me. And for the first time, instead of trying to justify my thoughts or my emotions or trying to fight with them or trying to address them directly. I just said, I can't stop these emotions. I can't stop these dark thoughts, but maybe I can just also feel warm and loved at the same time. 
let me try that. And I just let myself feel warm and loved. And I pictured myself being like a, uh, a pig in a blanket, like the old little snack that you would have in like kindergarten or whatever. Um, like as if this dough was just wrapping around me and snuggling me and holding me and, uh, and it felt so good. And almost immediately I felt a sense of relief that I couldn't get through therapy, through talking to a really wise mentor, through thinking, through anything. And I'm not saying that all those things didn't work in the general sense, but what I'm saying is just, man, the human experience is wild. And what I try to do is not force one technique or force one anything, but I'm just open to taking help. I am just really open and nowadays to, you know, I just want to feel better. At the end of the day, that's all I think is I just want to feel better and be better. And if I can have any way of having that at all, my mind is open to it. My body is open to it. And somehow picturing myself being a little dough-wrapped, cuddled thing who was still in pain was the best way for that. So that's one story that I just thought might inspire you is, you know, we are taught from a young age to fight back against our pain, right? Like when we lose our toy as a child, our parents either say, get over it, or they say, oh God, I got to find you a new toy. Where's your toy? I can't do it. Because they don't have time, you know? We're bottlenecked by our time and energy, but they don't always have time to just hold us and snuggle us for three hours every time we lose a toy. You know, it's not our parents' fault. I'm not going to be able to hold and snuggle my kid if I have one for three hours every time they lose a toy. But the reason I bring that up is because that's honestly what we need the most of all. The more I live and the more I study this stuff and the more I experience it firsthand, the most important thing is not solving our problems, but having an overall feeling of being soothed, of being loved, of being cared for, of being held, you know? Um, one other funny story that just stuck with me, even though the person didn't intend it, is, is Preetha told me a story about a coworker who was expecting a child. And the coworker was, you know, saying, I just, this poor child, it's been in the womb and it's been all safe and inside, you know, my spouse and all this. And then when a child comes out, they're suddenly in this world and they can only see like 12 inches in front of them and they can't remember anything and they're just crying and they're confused. And I just realized that, you know, I tell us on air a lot, life is traumatic. The best evidence for that is that being born is a traumatic experience. All this crazy stuff's going on and then you're crying and then, you know, you're out in this strange space and a lot of times nowadays it's a hospital and what's going on and, you know, the point is life really is traumatic and what do we do for that baby? Do we intellectualize that baby's problems or do we just wrap it up like a little burrito and snuggle it right up to its parents. We wrap it up and snuggle it to its parents. And I have learned that being wrapped up and snuggled close to whatever you believe in, in a higher power or whatever person you love or whatever pet you love is the single best solution for mental health because it mimics the soothing of a baby. And biologically, it's just the best thing to do. It's just going to activate all those right things. And so I wanted to tell you that, that I had all this struggle and all this challenge. And at the end of the day, the solution was to feel wrapped up like a little baby. And it is so disorienting to walk away from your problems. 
But what I've learned is that they're not really problems. They're just triggers. And, you know, the whole, oh, well, we can only make it a problem. It's a problem. Basically, there are triggers in life situations. And we need to solve our life situations to the best extent possible. But whenever we're triggered by a life situation, we have to do the emotional work to be soothed. And so when I think of the solution to mental health, the first word that comes to my mind is not therapy or even help or even any of that. It's just soothed. I think the thing we all need the most, the whole world needs, humanity needs, the answer to humanity's problems is soothing, is soothing. And I made an Instagram post about this this week that was like, why do we love our pets so much? You know, I realized I love my dog so much. And I've talked about this before, but it's just always good to reiterate. He doesn't work. He doesn't earn. He doesn't do chores. You know, some dogs can at least do a chore. Mine does no chores. Um, I have to feed him. He begs. He looks at me with these puppy dog eyes. He has to be walked. He has to, I pick up his poop for him. He's work. I got to drive him six miles across town to the vet to get his nails trimmed because he hates getting his nails trimmed and back. And it is exhausting. But I, it's, it's not just that I love him, but that all these things that should be burdens exist, and yet my life is far better, genuinely better, because I have my dog, Willie. And why is that? It's because he is such a soothing, loving influence. And, you know, like, I've always been more of a dog person than a people person, because with people, you always got to worry, are they going to judge me for who I am? And with dogs, you don't, right? It's like the old bumper sticker that says, you know, I'll, uh, I'm going to try today to be who my dog thinks I am or something like that. I don't know. I've heard that somewhere. Be the person your dog thinks you are. But it's true. And yet many people push back at me when I say this and say, well, yeah, but humans can't do that. Why not? Seriously, why not? Why can't we just accept everyone and love everyone and spend all of our efforts soothing each other? The only reason we don't is because we're so insecure that if we don't win our fight, that if we don't stick up, if we don't cause conflict, that we're going to be unsafe. But the funny thing is that all this self-centered conflict does is make us unsafe. And it's counterintuitive because we are so traumatized by life from birth through childhood, through adolescence, through teenagerness, through early 20s. And by the time we're 25-year-old, fully grown adult humans, we've got so much retained trauma and misconceptions about how life works that we think we're, you know, we got to fight everything or we got to dissociate and play video games or smoke or drink or do drugs or watch TV or whatever. But the truth is all we need to do is freaking soothe each other and sit and love each other unconditionally, you know? And we can do that. And when we do that, everything else works out. Otherwise, my dog wouldn't be a benefit to me. If he were a drain on me, then, you know, maybe this theory would be challenged. But so many people across the world love their pets, and they provide this soothing energy. But yet humans can't seem to do it with each other. And it's so fascinating to me, because I just think, why don't we just all love each other? So that's another thing that happened. And then one final thing to wrap up with, just kind of where I'm at, is I am really inspired by Gen Z. Um, this is another thing that's just on my mind, is taking inspiration from other people. You know, I know the midterm elections just happened, 
And essentially, Gen Z were the people who turned up to vote just enough to where election deniers and to where people who want to limit rights of queer people like me and all that did not get elected by narrow margins because Gen Z showed up to vote for human rights. And as a millennial, I just want to say I am ever thankful to them. If you know a Gen Zer, you know, like this also grinds my gears is when older generations say younger generations are lazy. All right. I was in a conversation which shall remain anonymous with a couple people, and they were talking about how this new generation in school just, they don't work the same way. They don't show up to appointments. And I found myself getting livid because here were two people discussing how this Gen Z doesn't show up. They don't care about their appointments, whatever. And I'm thinking you know, these people are the future. They care about the freaking planet. You know, even I haven't done enough for the planet. They care about the planet. They care about human rights. They care about the most important things of all. Like, and also it's just a thing we do. We complain about the youth and I don't get it. I'm just here to say, I don't get it. And I realized that today because not only did Gen Z help help my, you know, beliefs and my queer safety be recognized by electing more people who are not on the far right, who do not want to don't say gay. Although, I mean, DeSantis won his election by a landslide. That's a separate issue. But um, the point is, like, in general, man, they showed up in the polls. And the other thing is, I'm just inspired by the honesty they're showing up. The biggest way is not actually in the U.S. polls, okay? And this is what I want to kind of tie, because I know when we talk about U.S. politics, it gets hairy, but I'm not going to sit here and lie about my beliefs. I just made a podcast episode on sharing your truth. It's just my truth. You're allowed to have your truth true. You don't have to agree with me. Um, But um, can we talk about Iran for a second? Are you up to date on what's going on? Because it is one of the most inspiring and yet most tragic things that's happening in the world right now. It is the single news story I care about the most is what's going on in Iran, which is the massive protests against, you know, the strict um, government in Iran that's in charge. I'm so like not um, politically informed on a general sense that I don't even want to use specifics for the terminology, but I know what's happening to the people, which is this a few, a couple months ago, A woman had a few hairs sticking out of her hijab and was detained by morality police and ended up taking skull fractures, sorry, trigger warning, trigger warning for uh, violence and um, tragedy and death in this news story if you need to step away. But this woman ended up taking a beating essentially from these morality police and dying and Iran has erupted in protests all across the nation and kids are leading it and Kids are dying. And so, again, turning somber and morbid, but go look up the Iranian protests because there is essentially an internet blackout there, and it's very hard to get as much social media access to them directly. But look up the news stories, you know, get on social media you have and look up what is informative. There are 16-year-olds going out to protest their human rights every day who are literally being killed. And this is not like, oh, accidentally someone got hurt. This is like mass imprisonment, mass, you know, not necessarily mass executions yet, but significant 
killings by the government of innocent teenagers and Gen Zers who are standing up for themselves. And it is so inspiring. So yeah, I could talk about American politics, but I think in American politics, we forget how good we have it because we're so busy fighting each other. And the reason I am so passionate about human rights in my American politics is because I see what happens to people who are anti-human rights in anti-human rights nations. And it's happening right now in Iran, and you need to look it up, and you need to understand the sacrifice that kids that don't have the opportunity we have in the United States or a lot of the countries you're listening from are doing every day going out knowing they might not come home, and some of them don't because they're standing up for human rights. And it's still happening. Even people are getting killed and they're still going out there. And so let's just take a moment to appreciate that. Um, Yeah. And so I'm so inspired. You know, one of the benefits of being old, if you can call 29 old, is I finally get to be inspired by the generations younger than me. And I see, you know, my nieces who are in their early, you know, years, like three and six, being inspiring to me in certain ways. And I see these Generation Z out here writing articles about voting and voting and tipping the scales and protecting human rights. And then I see them in Iran literally dying for human rights and for their own human rights and speak for their voice. And it is something that we all don't deserve, but that we are getting from the children of this world and from the young people. And so if you haven't taken a moment, then maybe the next time you think about saying, oh, the younger generation is lazy, I'm crying, but the next time you think about saying young people are lazy, maybe you should just sit and think that maybe young people are trying to save you from yourself. And maybe you should listen to them because young people aren't corrupted by the world and by all of society's nonsense and by all the social norms that, you know, make us hate each other and fight each other. And they just want the world to be a better place. And they care about things like the planet and the future of the earth. So there's that. And then the final Gen Zer who is inspiring me is my new favorite musical artist, which is, she goes by Gail, G-A-Y-L-E. You've probably heard her songs on the radio. She came out with a really popular song this year called A-B-C-D-E-F-U. It's really good. Um, I love it. She's 18. She's from, she, you know, musician from Nashville. And you should go listen to the six songs on her newest album thing, like living life experience, something, something part two. I don't know the exact name, but they're all beautiful and they're inspiring and they are emotional. And one of them talks about how she was a victim of sexual abuse. And again, just we have got kids speaking up for human rights and sharing their stories and sharing their, you know, like as a woman, she was taken advantage of by a 23 year old man when she was 15. And she shares that story in a song with us. And we've got all kinds of these, you know, kids just sharing inspiration and sharing things that are so tough and standing up for us. And so she's just inspiring me a lot today. And on the funny and or interesting note, part of the reason she's on my mind is I knew her songs from the radio this past year, but she is one of the opening acts at the Taylor Swift concert that Preetha and I did get tickets to, which we are so excited about. So if you're in Atlanta in we're going to Atlanta April 30th of next year so if you're going to be in Atlanta that weekend 28th through the 30th hit us up um we'll come see you we'll talk to you but um yeah the Ticketmaster whole debacle I won't go into that because I'm not necessarily a news podcast I'm an emotional podcast 
But we survived a six hour wait and got Taylor Swift tickets. And I love Taylor, but I think my new favorite artist is Gail for the reasons I said her songs are just so emotional and they're so me. And I'm just identifying with Gen Z and their courage and their strength and their inspiration so much right now. So the future is bright and maybe we should follow the guidance of people younger than us. I can say as an official 29-year-old old person, you know, and hopefully if you're older than me, I can be the young people who inspire you. But maybe it's time we look look to some youthful wisdom in this world. So that's what I got today. I really don't have any life coachy like lessons so much as just I am kind of, I could feel I was hot. I was listening to my music and I was kind of hot and I try to always make content when I am, I call it hot, like when I'm emotional because that's when I know it's the most impactful. So I'll publish this later today. Got to go ship some artwork for the Prince by Pritha shopping season. So if you want some artwork prints, I'll start linking Prince by Pritha below as well because it's the best place to buy your holiday gifts, really meaningful gifts for under $30. Usually they're $24 online for a small print and they can be so meaningful and good. So if you want some of Pritha's artwork for somebody, don't forget to check that out. Go ahead and get it. We already turned the Black Friday sales on on all our websites, so you can get it on Etsy or Shopify at princebypritha.com. And yeah, have a great day and just go like, no, don't take your life for granted today. People are dying, people are standing up, people are voting, people are making music all so that you can have a better life. And let's get informed about it and appreciate them. See you guys later.